my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, June the 3rd. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's new life. I wish you God's spirit within you today, because that is what we are going to celebrate today, my friends. We are going to listen to the readings from this coming Sunday, the Feast of the Pentecost. Now, I suspect that many of you have heard this announcement. I'm going to be brief with it. If you have not, here's where this podcast is going to go now. It has been for 568 episodes uh, doing the reading of the day. What it is going to go into now is a once a week podcast, which will be dropped on Friday mornings just like this. And it will look to the coming Sunday's readings. And I will choose two of them to read. And I will read, generally speaking, I'll explain why here in a moment, the first reading and the gospel. Give a brief reflection, pray uh, a bit of the rosary, and, uh, and then hopefully finish in around 20 minutes. That's the plan. So every Friday morning, I hope to drop that so you have a chance to listen to it prior to going to liturgy that weekend. And that when you hear those readings that weekend, it won't be the first time. And you get to mull on them again um, and, uh, and hear what the deacon or the priest says as well. And, and hopefully in all of that, have a message that, that speaks to you. All right, so because it's Friday and because we're going to start something new, of course, on this Feast of Pentecost, we're going to do it today. Now, why... Um, would I generally read the first reading with the gospel? So first of all, the gospel is preeminent. The God, it's the reason we stand, right? We, we need to do that because those are the words um, of Christ. Th- those are the words of God. Those are the ones we, we process in with that book for a reason. We stand for a reason because um, Christ is present in the midst of those words. So the reason I generally, and I won't, I won't always pin myself to it, but the reason generally I would do the first reading is because the second reading, typically, let's say we're in ordinary time, which we're going to begin here shortly in the next couple of weeks after we do a couple of feast days. Um, we pick out a, a letter, let's say Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, and we read it in blocks. And so for the next six weeks, maybe, we would read um, the highlights from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, those passages which are particularly poignant and, uh, and good for us to know. And so we may read those, those six Sundays in a row in, in success, in succession, but they aren't chosen to go with the gospel. They are chosen simply to familiarize us with that letter of Paul to the Corinthians. And after that six-week block, we might do, you know, Paul's letter to the Ephesians or, or the letter to the Hebrews or, or you know, the, the epistle of James or whatever, but we'll hear them in blocks. They aren't selected to go with the gospel. The first reading, however, is selected with purpose to go with the gospel. Generally, the first reading is out of the Hebrew scriptures, what we would call the Old Testament. But not always, because during the Easter season, 
The first readings are always in the New Testament. And during feast days, like the Feast of Pentecost, because you're going to hear the first reading today, is out of Acts of the Apostles. And it is chosen specifically to go with the gospel or to go with the feast day. So, now, these are general rules. I will say to you, on feast days like today, the Feast of Pentecost, uh, the second reading is also selected for the feast day. And, it, and the second reading this weekend, you guys, is so good. But I'm not going to just sit here and read to you all, uh, all pod. So I chose the first reading and the gospel. And that's what we're going to do generally every Sunday. I'll kind of, or every th Friday when I drop it, I'll explain why I chose those. These are going to be pretty self-evident. So if you'd like to read along with, know this. We are going to read Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. Then I will go to the gospel, which is going to be John chapter 20, verses, oh, let's find it, 19 to 23. Okay? And then, my gosh, because so much of that's taken up with reading, I'm going to have to be more brief. You're going to have to challenge me to be that way. So, my friends, let's break open God's Word. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. When the time for Pentecost was fulfilled, they were all in one place together. And suddenly there came from the sky a noise like a strong driving wind, and it filled the entire house in which they were. Then there appeared to them tongues as of fire, which parted and came to rest on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in different tongues, as the Spirit enabled them to proclaim. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven staying in Jerusalem. At this sound, they gathered in a large crowd, but they were confused, because each one heard them speaking in their own language. They were astounded, and in amazement they asked, Are not all these people who are speaking Galileans? How does each one of us hear them in their native language? We are Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, inhabitants of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the districts of Libya near Cyrene, as well as travelers from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, yet we hear them speaking in our own tongues of the mighty acts of God. My friends, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And now moving on to our gospel. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
So how do you take such wonderful readings and condense them into eight to ten minutes? Here, know this, my friends. The feast that we celebrate this coming weekend is one of the greatest feasts of our church year. Um, I would put it as number three, personally. Now, this is my order. You put them in whatever order you want. I think I'd put Easter number one, followed shortly by the Feast of Christmas, because the two really are opposite sides of the same coin. And then here, the coming of the Spirit, the, the birthday, as it were, of the church. God's presence that continues to be with us. Incarnation, part three. If I'm saying incarnation, the cre- that the creation is incarnation number one. That Jesus' birth, incarnation number two. And then the Spirit, incarnation number three, which continues to be present. I love the contrast, and I didn't even get it until I read these right now for you. But did you notice that in both readings, the disciples were behind locked doors, but for very, very different reasons and in very different spaces. In the gospel, they were behind locked doors because of fear. And my friends, even fear does not keep our God away. Jesus comes through there, and his first words, again, are not words of judgment, are not words of scolding. They are words of unity. Peace be with you. Ones that would calm them, give them hope, and remind them that they indeed continue to be God's children, even in the midst of their denials, their betrayals, and their running away. But the second one is the one I want to focus on, the one on Acts of the Apostles, where they are also uh, behind doors, whether they're locked or not. Let's presume they are, but I don't know it. But when the time for Pentecost was fulfilled, now these are Luke's words in Acts chapter 2, they were all in one place together. Now, in one sense, that's true, of course. They were all in one place. They were all in this space together. But I don't think that's what Luke is saying. I think he's saying more. They were all of one heart and one mind. Luke says that later, by the way, in chapter 2. The early church was of one heart and one mind. I think that's what he's saying here. Luke is saying they were all in one place together. They were not divided. They were not uh, at each other's throats. They were not judging one another. They were not sitting in the same room, but worlds apart. They were of one heart and mind, as our Trinity is, right? They were united in our God. Very different, right, than being in that place of fear, which was where the other ones were, even though that doesn't stop Jesus from coming through. And when, when, my friends, we are in that place of unity, in that place of of, uh, being one with one another, right? Think yesterday's gospel. Um, integrated as opposed to disintegrated. Suddenly there came from the sky a noise like a strong driving wind. Nothing can keep it away. Again, think of, you know, whatever freight train's coming through and, and nothing's stopping it. Nothing could stop it, even if it wanted to. Uh, a strong driving wind that fills the entire house and there appeared to them tongues as a fire. They came to rest on each one of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them to proclaim. Two things here. The first is, you know, in a sense, 
they became these living candles. These, you know, we've all seen the picture of them standing there with the little flame on top of their head. You know, which kind of might think goofy. What You know, would they look around and see flames and say, whoa, what's going on here? But again, I, I think the imagery Luke is trying to use here is they were on fire. They could not be doused. That spirit gave them an inner fire, an inner energy that could not be contained. And the second part where it says, and they began to speak in different tongues as the spirit enabled them. You know, we believe as as uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, in that gift of tongues. I don't know if you've ever had it or not. I never have. Um, I do believe it is a very real thing. Uh, Paul speaks of it in other places. This is Luke speaking of it here. But again, I don't know that that's just what Luke is speaking of. And I put just in quotation marks there. I think Luke is speaking of something even more. And he, and he goes on. The rest of the story, I think, is, is what helps us with that. Now, there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven, and they gathered in a large crowd, but they were confused because they said, are not all these people speaking Galileans? Shouldn't they be, in other words, speaking in their language? Yet here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, Mesopotamia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Libri, Libya, Cyrene. We're from all over the world. Yet each one of us hears them speaking in their own native language of the mighty acts of God. That's it, my friends. That's it. My friends, you and I are created in the image and likeness of God. And in that, you have something to proclaim to this world that has never been proclaimed in the way that you would do it before and never will be proclaimed in the way that you will do it or, or, or would do it afterward. You have a unique voice and a unique understanding and a unique uh, way of approaching God. Do you have God in God's fullness? Absolutely not. But if you do not speak your understanding of God with your unique voice, the fullness of God is less full. Somehow we miss out. And here's the deal. Somebody speaks your dialect. They are going to speak in, in their own unique voice as well, but they are going to understand somehow how you speak better than how I speak, or better than how their mother or father speaks, or better than how their neighbor down the street speaks. But they are going to understand your voice. And because you speak in your unique voice, they will be able and be given permission to speak in their own voice. God-given, by the way. You know, brothers and sisters, what this gospel does and what this first reading does is in a sense takes the story of the Tower of Babel, right? And if you don't remember that, go back to Genesis chapter 11. That is... When humanity comes together in the early, we call this prehistory, and there's more to talk about there, but I won't do it. In this prehistory story, uh, these civilizations come together and say, let us build something great and make a name for ourselves, and we'll build this tower to the sky. And essentially, again, this is why it's prehistory, so don't take it as as a real, take it as, as a story teaching us a truth. 
that, that God came down, was worried about what humanity would do if they all spoke one language, and then basically had them uh, go about through the world speaking different languages and divided them up so they wouldn't come together in one language together to, to build such a mighty tower and, uh, and you know, to the heavens and, uh, and, and build this thing around themselves. Now again, God is not that little. Don't take that as a literal thing. But what it did is it showed, at least it was a story in those early, uh, in, in that early understanding, trying to help us figure out why do so many people have different languages. But brothers and sisters, do you remember yesterday's pod? We talked about disintegration versus integration, our own sin. So this is the truth of the story of Babel. When we wish to create something in our image and show ourselves to be the center, let us make something so we can make a name for ourselves and we become the center of our lives. That is inevitably something that is going to disintegrate. Not only us with our, in ourselves and in God, but those around us because our lives become about us. And what the Spirit does is it integrates. Instead of speaking different languages being sent out, (coughs) we are learning one language. Regardless of what it is, that we speak one language and that language is in God. Regardless if you speak Aramean or, or Cyprian or the Medes or whatever place that is, regardless of whether you today speak French or Japanese or Spanish or English or wherever you come from. If we are one in Christ, if we are of one heart and one mind, if we are, as the reading says, all together in one place, we speak the same language. And that is the language of love. That is the language of life. That is the language of God. And everybody can understand that. And you and I have been given unique voices to, to, to speak and proclaim that love and life and image. And us trying to speak it in a way that others do, or us putting a mask over ourselves, and I don't mean one from COVID, I mean something that we're simply trying to cover uh, our understanding of God because we're, we're not sure we should be doing that. My gosh, my friends, it only means that we are being small. And the world is not served with you and I being small. It is served with us being who God made us to be. And in speaking that language of unity, of integration, of life, of love, we give permission for others to do the same. And so, my friends, we are going to pray. And we're just going to take one decade of the rosary, and eventually, every 20 weeks, we'll get through it. But we're going to start all over today. And we're going to start with the first joyful mystery. Well, gosh, why don't we, let's do that. Let's forget that. Forget it. I just decided we are going to start with the third glorious mystery because it only makes sense, right? And so let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. The third glorious mystery, the Feast of Pentecost. Jesus sends his Spirit. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, have a wonderful Friday, a wonderful weekend, and a wonderful week ahead of you next week. May God's Spirit, may God's voice be yours this week. I will see you again next Friday. God's peace.